Welcome in everybody to another episode of 410 Sports Talk. I'm James Haskell, along with my co-host Glenn Martin. And we're here on a Tuesday night, and of course, DK's in the background, not to be disregarded. He is right. the backbone of this show. Um, but uh, we are here on a Tuesday night. Super excited, Glenn. It is championship weekend. We got a loaded show, a ton to talk about. Of course, we got Cole Jackson here uh in the background already waiting in the wing. So um, yeah, man, looking forward to it. Uh how you doing? Oh man, it couldn't be doing better. Oh, I wow. mean, this is this is a uh, a fantastic week in Baltimore. Uh, it just keeps getting better. And look, I said I wanted the Chiefs. I got my wish, mm-hmm. and this ensures that if the Ravens are are able to to advance to the Super Bowl, there will be no excuses. There will be no asterisks uh, because I could have heard the excuses now. Oh, they caught Mahomes on a down year. I don't want none of that. I want to beat everyone. And so I love the fact that it's Pat Mahomes coming to town. And yeah, I just I can't wait to get uh to get Cole's take on what we saw last Sunday, but also yep. want to get his take on what we're gonna be seeing this Sunday. Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about all that stuff, but I couldn't agree with you more. Uh like myself as soon as that game was over, my wife said to me, She said, I cannot wait. I'm so happy it's the Chiefs because I just want to take them down. I'm tired of hearing all of it. I'm t- dude, we counted every single commercial break. There was a Mahomes and or Kelsey commercial in every single commercial break from the beginning or the to the end of the game. Doesn't shock me. Dude, I cannot wait to see a commercial with them on it and their butts are on the couch. That's right. Because right, I, what my question to you is, do you think we will see Jason Kelsey and Taylor Swift competing for attention uh, from the yes. camera? Yes. 100%. Yes. Do you yes. think he jumps and, come, and comes into the stands of Baltimore? Nah, he ain't dumb. Nah, he's not crazy. Nah, nah he's not crazy. Nah, I mean, yeah. Philly's one thing, but look, yeah. the thing about Baltimore, what people understand, is that we're not a mega city, so we got an even bigger chip on our shoulder. That's right. Because we don't get the attention like Philly the other city. So you come over here. Look, yeah. Taylor, I'm just saying, play nice now. Yeah, come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Better have a half Raven jacket There are unwritten on. rules when you walk around Baltimore City. If you don't right. know them, learn them. She gets crazy around here. Just ask the punter if they got traded away. That big. Uh, things can <laughs> get crazy. Gosh. Things can get crazy real fast in Baltimore. But we are super excited. Can't wait uh, for this weekend. But without further ado, we got to get our guest in here. I mean, every week we get we get excited to get his take. And guys, if you're not following him on Twitter yet, you're you're missing out. If you're not watching his stuff on YouTube over at Road Graders. You're absolutely missing out. Welcome back to the show, Cole Jackson. Welcome back, sir. Boys, we are going to meet this Sunday. And we've already established Cole Jackson is a hugger. So the boys are going to be hugging. That's right. The Ravens are going to be mugging. It's fucking championship (laughs) weekend, boys. Let's go. Let's go, dude. Yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. so excited and so you excited. You can to have literally you. meet me outside the bank now. So Yes. Anybody... <laughs> are you going to rock the shirt, dude? I'll probably have the shirt on. I don't know what jersey I'm going to go with. This is going to be a very difficult decision. Do What's I go the choices? The... Yeah. I got the, I got the bra- black Ray Lewis. I got ah, the black Halote, which is just like, that one's very special to me because he was like just one of my original favorite players. I have a white Terrell Suggs mm. and a, uh, black Lamar and a purple Marshall Yonda. So I mean, dude, I I'll make it off. real easy for you, Cole. Dude, eight baby black Lamar. That's what it's about. <laughs> but look, it's all legends, is what he's got. That's, so, that's the problem. That's I the mean, problem. You really can't. And I always just have to pay homage to the big boys in the trenches, and that's yeah. just you know that's what kills me every time I go to pick out a jersey. I always end up with Nada. <laughs> like I always end up with Nada. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, well, you were talking about putting a hug. If if Nada puts a hug on you, whew, I yeah. mean, he he might uh, pop your head off the top. My nephew Tyler, uh, he 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 tweets in or he uh, comments in. Shout out to Cole. Let's <clears throat> effing go. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Rice has no chance. Uh, against B. Steve, love Pacheco, but the toddler run ain't. <laughs> I said I love toddler run. I always say he runs like he's on coke, but I mean I love toddler run too because <laughs> the man just looks pissed like it's nuts. Dude, got them high knees, bro. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But oh, has been a Brandon Stevens fan for way longer than it was cool to be a Brandon Stevens fan. So I got to give Tyler. Uh, some credit there and uh yeah man you got to beat him i love it i love it beat mm-hmm. me beat. 
uh, beating Pat Mahomes makes this championship run all the more sweeter if they can get it done. Uh, Cole, I want to ask you a question because it, what I saw last weekend, man, I mean, it was super impressive. Houston scored, correct me if I'm wrong, but Houston scored a touchdown against every opponent they played this year except the Ravens, and they had two shots to do it and did not do it in either game. Can you remember, so it's kind of a two-part question, can you remember a more dominant defensive performance without a single turnover force and a single sack? Like, to not have either of those categories, but yet still be so clearly dominant to where they don't even get within your 25-yard line. They didn't run a single play inside the red zone against the Ravens, and yet they didn't have a sack or a turnover. Mind-blowing. And also, after that, I got to know, what outside of personnel, what makes this defense, what makes Mike McDonald's defense so tough to go against? Oh, man, we're starting heavy. I love it. Um, all right, so the first question, I mean, no. Like, just to – and, I mean, it really – this defense is predicated on, like, a group effort, I guess we'll call it, to generate pressure, right? It's – they bring it from all angles. They bring everyone. Arthur Millette was three for three on pressures on pass rush snaps, but which is hilarious. I, I think it's the funniest thing ever, but uh, it just goes to show, right? Like what goes into the organization of Mike McDonald's defense. And uh, you know, I can't think of it like dominant performances. I mean, you're looking back to the 06 Ravens when they were arguably as good as the 2000 Ravens. Like those are the last times that I, I remember it being this dominant, like this dominant. Um, we'll see on Sunday. Like this is, this is the test, right? It's the mm-hmm. test of, it's not even the test of this defense. I think it's the test of this era of football. You have a dominant defense, but what does that mean in 2023 or 20, whatever year it is, 2024? Um, when offensive football reigns supreme, right? Uh, so I'm just really interested to see how this plays out. Um, now, as for what makes their scheme go, it's kind of a boring answer, but it's it's honestly the best. I like it's just what I truly think. It's just everyone plays a role, and we've talked about it a few times over the weeks. Like we, everyone was making fun of Patrick Queen for that stunt where he like ran the stunt instead of running to the open quarterback. And it's, it's funny, but it really speaks to the culture they have on defense. It's selfless. It's guys doing their assignment, everybody working together. Um, we haven't had a blown coverage since I think they've had basically one blown coverage and it was that Agnew touchdown, uh, from Jacksonville and, uh, you know, guys are passing off coverages, guys are working stunts together. Um, there's no selfish play on this defense. And that is to me, the biggest reason why they're having so much success because, you know, you have the studs in Roquan, Kyle Hamilton. Um, and then you have guys that are playing just so much better than you've seen recently guys like Clowney, who's playing out of his mind a guy like brandon stevens a guy like arthur millette who i thought was shit when i watched his tape from last year no offense to him but he comes in here and mike mcdonald gives him a role and he executes it and he just focuses on that role and that's really what mike mcdonald does he he gets everybody in their role and he puts them in a position to succeed. And he's got 11 guys on the field doing it. And you can rotate guys in. Like you saw big plays made from Broderick Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw a big play made by Geno Stone when he snuffed out, oh. snuffed out that uh, that screen pass on the mm-hmm. on the trickery that Houston was trying to run. Um, and I mean, Geno Stone plays a lot more. He's not necessarily a backup um, with Kyle Hamilton playing so much in the slot. But you guys know what I mean. It's just kind of like guys that aren't necessarily their studs are making key plays. And that's really what the difference is to me. Mm, man, that, that was a really great question, Glenn, because it's crazy to go back and look at that game and see the stats. And like, we're so used to the Ravens jumping off the screen from a statistic standpoint, defensively, you know, PFLs or excuse me, TFLs, um, sacks, interceptions, turnovers, whatever. And this game was clean in a lot of those ways. But uh, my question for you is, is I'm going to stay defensive as well, but were there some things that you saw? What were the biggest changes between the first half and the second half defensively, or did you feel like defensively they were pretty solid throughout and there weren't, were there any subtleties? Do you know what I mean? That maybe the, the casual fan isn't seeing that they, that they made in the second half, any, any adjustments that weren't as apparent to those who aren't as experienced watching the game of football? No, that's a, that's a great question. Honestly, on the defensive side of the ball, not really. They kind of just stuck to their guns. I thought they used a little bit more creativity um, in their stunt game. There was a little bit more of a stunt work than there was in the first half. 
but honestly, they just kind of played the way we've we've talked about so often. It's they're going to keep the ball in front of them. They're going to they had a couple of those in breaking routes where, you know, Nico broke open like 15, 16 yards downfield. And they're 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 pretty OK giving that away. But I think one thing that stood out to me um, and this was something in the first half that really surprised me was how much base defense they played. Um, a lot of snaps where they had a five man line uh, kind of in the old mold of the three, four, you could call it a four, three under. Cause usually you have one guy with his hand in the dirt, one guy standing up, but I mean, it's still basically a three, four line. And if you look at the two, they look the same. Um, so they were a lot more base defense, which I was surprised because, you know, Stroud usually has, you know, he's usually slinging the ball. He's usually spreading it out. Um, but the Texans also came out in heavy and wanted to try and run the ball. And if you take away that 16 yard rush that uh, Singletary had, he only had six yards on eight rushes in this game. Like they completely took away the run game. Uh, and a lot of that came from their base defense and Texans didn't really do anything to adjust to that. Obviously when they started getting down, they started throwing it more. Um, but I was truly surprised by the amount of base defense they played early in this game. Mm. And I think it's a really important note because there's been a lot of coverage on the Chiefs and how much 13 personnel they'll play or 12 personnel. They pretty much always have two tight ends on. It's basically their base offense. So, um, you know, having Noah Gray on the field as much as they do um, and kind of going heavy to try and run the ball, which they did a ton of with Pacheco. Um, I think that really shows the type of game plan that the Ravens could have in this game because they're going to have to shut down Pacheco. I know it feels weird that, you know, are you, what are you really doing if you make Mahomes one-dimensional? But obviously, when you can get a team out of one element of the game, it's going to advantage you. Um, but you know, shutting down the run early in this game is going to be critical, and they're going to have to probably use some heavy base defense to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. After being kind of gouged uh, in the run game in, in a few weeks, and, and really only the score kind of drove the run game out of uh, it was nice to see them be so, – I mean, they absolutely stuffed it this past weekend. It was, it was great to see. Now, on the but other- really quickly, before you continue, you're, you, yeah, sorry. I, don't, I wasn't sure if you heard it or not. <laughs> I just figured I'd let you know before you went on with your question. But I am going to steal his question while uh, while he waits. Uh, I want to switch to the offensive side of the ball. If you if – you, oh, am I – the adjustments question, is that what you're going for? Hold on, hold on. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> right. Nice I am, Cole. I tried to fit it in there, but you know what? Go ahead, Glenn. Okay. Sound okay? Sound okay? Sound good, yeah. Good, good. All right, so the Texans blitzed at a, a season-high uh, percentage. I think it was like 75 or 80. Per- it was something insane how much they blitzed. And it really seemed to to give the uh, the Ravens offense a ton of problems in the in the first half of the game. Hugh, it looked like they made a huge adjustment at halftime. So what was not working in the first half, and what did they change to make things work so effectively in the second? I really don't know what their game plan was in the first half of this football game. Uh, I, you know, we talked about it last week in the pregame. Uh, I thought the best opportunity to attack that defense was the middle of the field um, and, and pass to set up the run. That was kind of my two keys. Mm-hmm. And they came out to run to set up the pass and attack them deep. And I was just, just didn't work. Right. So um, essentially what happened was they came out trying to run the ball. They obviously wanted to establish the run. Um, that's kind of a John Harbaugh staple. So I, I get it. Um, and when it stopped working, the blitz came flying and they just, it was kind of a mix of two things. Well, a few things, you know, the offensive line missed a couple of blocks, but I think the offensive line blaming got a little overblown, especially when I went back through the tape. Um, you know, a lot of disguised pressures where they're just scheming open pass rushers and, you know, the Ravens do that every week. So, I mean, we know what it looks like and that's how much scheme can play a factor. Um, so, you know, those unblocked rushers, those are really on the quarterback to take care of. That's just their job. Um, so, I mean, a big thing was just not having short routes within the concepts they were calling and not taking the checkdowns when they did. And so, that was the biggest adjustment we saw. You know, I, I did a video on it that came out this morning over on road graders and uh, you know, balls coming out quick balls coming out quick. They're hitting checkdowns. And as they did it, what do you know? The Texans stopped blitzing. And that's kind of how it's been all year. Uh, you know, I don't think they have the best EPA numbers in terms of blitzing um, or passing against the blitz, but as soon as they beat it, teams immediately adjust out of it because Lamar just starts to pick them apart. And that's what happened in the second half. Lamar picked them apart. And the biggest thing that he did is he was consistently 
throwing into the space vacated by the blitzer. Um, they would kind of bring a late linebacker or late DB constantly, and the pass was going to exactly where that player started from. And that speaks to both Lamar's decision-making. You should always be throwing into the blitz because it's vacated space, um, and you should always be um, uh, you know, running those short concepts into those areas, so quick slants quick outs, all those types of things. Uh, so they just started hitting those. They got Isaiah likely a lot more involved. He didn't have a target in the first half. And then he kind of popped off in the second half. So just those two big adjustments kind of, they ran away with it. It was, it became easy to move the ball again. And it was really, they were passing it. They wore down the defense. And then that ninth possession that they had, they absolutely bludgeoned them in the run game. Yeah. And I think honestly, you're asking, you were saying, I'm not sure what their game plan was in the beginning. I've said this a couple of times on the show. I think it's pretty clear that Monk and Lamar are in the same wavelength with not being the biggest fans of patience. And like, yeah. you know, the, you can tell they're there because uh, both of them certainly at the same time. I think that it took not only the result in the first half, but also John, like, talk, like, hey, like, let's just take what the defense gives us, right? Let's make them. Lamar said it in his post, in his, in his post game presser. We made them play. We made them play us honest, right? And if they play us honest, well, then good luck. So um, now I, you, we talked about, um, or who was it? Tyler, shout out. Uh, talked about Pacheco, uh, and you know this this run game with the Chiefs. It's funny to me to think that you know they have a Andy Reid with a good run team. Now he's had some good run teams in Philly and things like that. He's had some guys in the backfield for sure. Brian Westbrook. Yeah, man, that dude was a dog, right? JD, but uh, right? Mad No Six, baby. <laughs> we grew up on that. It's That's still right. crazy to think, you know, at least in in this era, like you were saying, it's still kind of crazy to think about for this team. But how do you how do you see Roe and and PQ stepping up to this challenge? Any concerns about their? You know, our defense hasn't been. Let's be honest, the one weak spot has been the run game. Absolutely. We talked about it a lot over the last, I'd say the last two months of the season, it kind of kept popping up. It was like they're getting gashed, but it's one of those things where when you have an offense that can score like this, you can't really sustain a run game unless you're getting into shootouts. Right. And the Ravens would just pull away and then teams would have to abandon the run. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something to keep an eye on. And I mean, the chiefs O-line not necessarily like the tackles aren't great pass protectors. They're not bad. They're average. Um, but that interior offensive line they have, they're dogs in the run game. And uh, one thing they did against the Bills, and it's hard to look at the Bills game to kind of prepare because they were trying to attack the linebacking core that was down to their, I mean, AJ Klein was starting. Like we had him on our practice squad last year. <laughs> and no disrespect to him. I mean, that man carved out a long career in the NFL, but he's a special teamer. Like, let's call it what it is. It'd be like having Delshawn Phillips starting, right? How, how many are you down to where Delshawn's playing or, mm -hmm. you know, you have to get Malik Harrison in there at inside linebacker, right? Like that's where the bills were in their linebacker territory. They've been down Milano all year. They were down uh, Edmonds, Edmund, not Edmonds, who, who replaced their Mike spot. They were down their Mike. They were down Terrell Bernard. So they're down to their fourth, fifth, and their fourth stringer got hurt in the game. So they're down to their fifth and sixth stringers. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those situations. And what they did is they – they classified them on PFF as gap runs, but it was really pitches. So they were pushing the ball to the edges. They were trying to get those linebackers in chase mode. And it's just, a, it's AJ Klein versus Roquan Smith is like me trying to run with Jimmy. Like, it's just not going to go well for me. Um, I'm going to probably blow my knee out by the second kilometer. So, uh, you know, that's just how it goes. But, um, you know, I, the one nice thing is they're also, they're a pretty zone heavy team. Uh, and that's what they just shut down against Houston. So again, different personnel. Pacheco's a different type of runner um, and is much better than Devin Singletary. So I'm not trying to you know, draw that comparison, but to see Jadavion Clowney come out and punch Laramie Tunsil in the mouth and set the edge against him and to see Roquan and PQ flying into gaps, it's like, okay, maybe they can play this way if they need to. And I think that might be the key. Um, and I, I think I said it a few times in December. I, don't, I just don't think they cared that they were giving up run yards to be completely honest. I think they just wanted to play that conservative middle of the field game, keep everything in front of them, including the run. And, uh, the biggest adjustment between early in the season and late in the season is they were still getting gashed in the run game, but they weren't giving up those long runs, you know, that Zach Moss 50 yarder, um, those types of runs kind of disappeared uh, in the second half. And I think they were just playing a much more conservative game 
And now that we're, and I mean, you saw Singletary break one, right? So now that we're in a, in a do or die every week, I think they're playing a little bit more physical, a little bit more aggressive in the run game. And I think the byproduct of that was a bit more dominance at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was pretty cool seeing Van Noy talk about that <clears throat> on McAfee saying that, uh, they're going to be the toughest. They're going to be the hardest hitting team. And that's what they pride themselves on. And I, I just love how everyone brings violence when they arrive to the it's ball. It's a carrier. return of hard hitting football in Baltimore. Like it got away from us from like the time Ray left, I want to yeah. say until now. I, I just felt like how many times last year, the year before, were we complaining about missed tackles? They just aren't happening. Got us blocked. Yeah, yeah, I think that is what got us blocked. Patrick Queen blocked us <laughs> on Twitter. Because of our constant insults of missed tackles and him. Are not you guys blocked by PQ? Oh, oh we're blocked. Oh, we're, and it's Jimmy's fault. Hilarious. It's Jimmy's fault. That's why Jimmy had to delete Twitter off of his phone because he got <laughs> he got too crazy during game day. So it's gone. It's just off the phone yep. uh, entirely. So it, it would be bad. Yeah, it was yeah. bad. And now he won't. He still won't unblock us, no matter how many times we've made public apologies. That is uh, incredible. Yeah. I so, love it. We're we're hoping that he doesn't also get uh, Trenton Simpson. To now, block, now, so. yeah, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn and Cole, this question is to you. Uh, you talked about the fiscality of his defense. What's what should be the line for the over under for the number of times uh, Pat Mahomes does this and oh. looks to the refs? Oh. Hey guys, six and a half. Six and a half. Dude. That's more than once a quarter. He's uh, become the biggest complainer of all the uh, quarterbacks, right? And you uh, said it first, Jimbo. But I look. Sometimes you're too early to things, and I have to call you a hater. And then you later end up being correct. And I'm not a big fan of that, Jimbo. But, yeah, yeah, he's he's a complainer. Dude, whiny baby. Yeah. Gosh, so yeah, annoying. He is, he is a whiner. Hey, Cole, I got I to gotta get your take because, look, we've asked you a lot about Ronnie Stanley this year. A ton yeah. about Ronnie Stanley. And, and, and there was visible frustration from Lamar Jackson when he got clearly got in his way. Uh, and he threw a what I would describe as a mild temper tantrum. I mean, he threw he slung his body aggressively into the ground. He dug in his ass, but he pulled a Pacheco. <laughs> but after that, it seemed like it really lit a fire under Ronnie Stanley, and he it ultimately ended up being graded out as his best performance of the year. We saw him, you know, gunning down the field and showing really why he got that contract, the ability to get down the field and block smaller guys and he was the leading force into a, a couple big Lamar runs what'd you see from Ronnie Stanley and does this give you confidence because I saw Dawkins getting thrown back yeah. into Allen's body by yeah. by Chris by Chris Jones and what's your thoughts on that matchup yeah, no, it's so, I mean, Ronnie looked like a completely different player uh, from Q1 all the way through. Um, he didn't have his brace on his knee anymore. I thought that was uh, when he first got out there. I was like, where the fuck's that brace? Um, and it was like the third play of the game. I led my breakdown on Ronnie with it. And he, it was a play action play. And he quick set it on uh, Derek Barnett. And I mean, I spent a 10 minute video talking about Ronnie Stanley's ass, which was weird, but um, the way he was able to dip his hips and get his ass low, I was just like, who the, who's wearing number 79? Like I couldn't figure it out. I was, I guess J.O. grabbed number 79 and got back out on the field. I don't know. Um, but no, he looks like he can bend again. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how it got better in two weeks. I don't know. I don't have those answers. It really makes no sense to me. Um, but no, he he can bend. He bent. And Playoff Ronnie Cole. Playoff Ronnie. He was consistently able to anchor by being able to drop his hips, and that was the biggest thing. We talked about it nonstop. He can't yeah. bend, so he can't anchor. And, like, I mean, everybody, if you're standing in your living room right now, stand up, stand up straight-legged, and push something. You have no power. Now bend your legs and do it again. How much more power do you have? Like, it's basic – um, you know, base, I always say to the kids, I coach, you know, you get your base, you get your balance, you get your power. It's that simple. Um, and when you can't bend, you can't get your base. So it's just, uh, I mean, again, I wish I had a better explanation. He, he can just bend again for whatever reason. So the, the big question is how confident do we feel? Uh, it's been a game. I don't want to overreact, mm -hmm. but it looked good. <laughs> um, but I'm going to have to see it again. Now, the Chris Jones one is interesting because if you guys remember that 2021 matchup where they came to the bank and it was the 
they started Chris Jones playing as an edge player that year and they ended up moving him back inside. He just wasn't fast enough to do it consistently. Now he moves all over the line. So he's doing a little bit and Spags is one of the best at kind of moving guys around and doing a lot of things that we love from Mike McDonald. A lot of that Spags does. Um, so he's going to see him, but I'd go back to the Aaron Donald game because they gave Aaron Donald every double team every slide protection every look that they had in their bag every look was different through that game for aaron donald he had six or seven pressures in that game all were hurries he didn't touch lamar once um there was one time where lamar had to get away from him but they threw the kitchen sink at him and they ended up being successful because there wasn't a ton of other talent on that line. You had Kobe Turner that was playing good, but their edges weren't anything to, to you know write home about. You go look at this Chiefs defensive line. I think George Karlaftis is a really good player. Um, he's going to give you you know a couple pressures a game, but nobody else really blows your skirt up. That's just the reality. You know, a guy like Mike Dana, um, a guy like uh, Derek Nandy. I mean, guys that aren't household names. They're going to do the same thing with Chris Jones that they did with Aaron Donald. They'll, he'll get every slide protection, every double team, every chip. You'll see Ricard. You'll see, you know, they'll use sniffer play action with Ricard um, to get him into his gap and then double team him. Like they're going to give him everything. And so I think the game plan is pretty simple. Contain Chris Jones and make someone else beat you and you live with the results. And that's exactly what they did with Aaron Donald. And it was successful. Yeah. One of the things I, I don't know how to explain this properly. I'm going to try my best. One of the things I think about when I think about the Chiefs, I think both offensively and defensively, they're pretty top-heavy um, in that I, I don't feel the like... The are so elite that it that makes the other players better, right? Like Yeah, there's such a drop-off, right? Like, they're not... I don't see them as a super deep team. That's why they're leaning on a guy who is probably certainly beyond his prime, a Hall of Fame talent himself, Travis Kelsey, but I just don't feel like... It's like a Kelsey in names. Like, say what you want about Rice, but... Come on, that's really yeah, what's what it take is. Take on Rice Cole because some people think he's he's got real talent to be the number one. Oh, he's good. He's good, and uh, the to see him play so well in the playoffs, I think, is really interesting. Just because you know playoff nerves for a rookie that can be tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, their ability to kind of scheme him open consist consistently. I'm going to go through the Chiefs tape tonight and tomorrow. Um, so that's the big thing I'm going to be focusing on with their offense is how the hell is he always standing alone like what is what are they doing um so that's one thing i want to see um but he's a catch and run player right so i mean he he's had some deep shots throughout the year again those deep shots just haven't come against baltimore this year they've been really good at limiting them um and i think they'll continue to limit them on sunday but uh how he gets the ball underneath there we like we've talked about it right they'll let you catch the ball underneath your coverage um, and they got to come up and make tackles. So is he going to slip tackles? How open is he going to be? Those are going to be the key questions, and how aggressively are they going to play him? But I, I, I completely agree with Jimmy. I'd say, the, I'd say the defense has more talent than it feels like it used to. I really like their linebackers in Bolton and Gay. Like They mm-hmm. fly around. Um, Legereus Sneed is a stud, but the one funny thing about playing Baltimore is like not having a true – outside X number one receiver. When you have a number one corner, it doesn't really fucking matter. Like they're going to move their receivers all over the place. All three of them are capable of making plays. No one's ever really forced to be the guy in this scheme. Uh, so, you know, Legereus Sneed can leave, leave him on an Island and work around them. That's kind of how they'll play it. Um, so, you know, that's, and you know, they got a couple hard hitters, um, a guy like Justin Reed who will come up and hit, but also guys I think you can beat deep. Um, so I think the big thing in this one is running at that D-line, though, and that's really how the, the Bills got going when they got stuck in the mud. They kind of they got James Cook working, and mm-hmm. uh, this is a game where, my God, I wish we had Keaton Mitchell. It's just the type of, play, type of game where I feel like that type of dynamic ability in space would really pay in spades, but – and it's not a game. Sorry, Jimmy, you're not going to like me for this, but oh, I'm boy. not looking for a Gus game. I'm looking for a Justice Hill game. <laughs> I, I think this is a game where Justice has to be dynamic in space. And uh, you know, I'm not saying give him the ball 20 times, but on his 8 to 11 touches, he needs to be picking up chunks. Mm, I like Yeah, what, like 18 touches last week or even more? He had 16 carries or something crazy. Yeah, they ended uh, up running at the end, right? And that really inflated it. But mm-hmm. I think he was kind of working in that 8 to 12 area for total touches. 
But now, being that, be, oh, go ahead. I just want to, we got a couple, normally DK runs all this, but. Oh, uh, yeah, we're a little behind, aren't we? Yeah, we're I mean, a little behind. So J uh, Joseph says, uh, you should get Stavi on the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's certainly, I mean, my goodness, he's getting a lot of attention here in Baltimore. And and it's become Stavi versus Taylor Swift is what I'm seeing. Which put, is him, put him center field. I want to see center field at halftime show. I want to see a talent Ooh. competition. Oh, well, talent oh. show. Oh, I mean, I, I certainly we get a laugh out of Stavi, but I mean, Taylor's got some talent. Let's not. Let's I know. Not, uh, I just I hate how much I like her music. I don't. <laughs> Plus, we got halftime legends, which, by the way, is so awesome. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, halftime, and and Joe uh, J O is like the honorary captain. I mean, I'm going to be sitting 20 rows from them. It makes me oh want to cry right now. <laughs> the, the, the volume in that stadium is going to be something I don't think anyone has seen before. Yeah. Uh, the Crow says, let's go, boys, flying in from Arizona for this one. Man, I, lo I, lo I love that that people are coming from everywhere. It just shows the, the kind of the reach of Baltimore, you know, Ravens Nation, because a lot of times you hear about the Cowboys and you hear about the Steelers and they're, and their 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 worldwide fan base, but it's it's cool to see how far the reach is for the Ravens Nation as well. Yeah, big time, big time, big time. Let's see, we got another one from Masi or the. Ooh, yeah. Let's see, Masi says Casey offense comically bad as recently as Raiders game last month. Now they good. What changed? Yeah, <laughs> Patrick, Ma Patrick Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's an annoying answer, but he's it's just. And I've seen it a ton on Twitter, a ton on my YouTube comments. It's like, oh, this offense sucks. They're nothing to write. And I mean, maybe. I mean, it's an any given Sunday. But when Patrick Mahomes is running it, you could put Jimmy out there on the Z, get him running deep uh, to kind of clear out space, and then you drag Glennie underneath. and 6'3", baby. Big physical presence. And, yeah, uh, you know, we run a couple, couple Texas routes with them. And I think, you know, we're moving the ball as long as Patrick Mahomes is throwing it. Uh, but, no, it's really uh, – Caveat is that Glenn and I have to go untouched. Yeah, That's if you fair. touch me, I'll explode. If, yeah, if all that would be left are our feet on the field. It's like that that thing. You gotta get you get five carries, you gotta get 10 yards, and you get a million dollars against an NFL defense. Will you do it? And it's like everyone's like, that's not that bad. And then you're like, okay, one hit and I'm gonna be dead. So yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I'm not gonna get it. Um, but no, I, I think it's a great question because um you know, and I know saying Mahomes is simplistic and it's kind of an annoying answer, but they haven't really changed or gone away from their identity. They've done some things like they use 13 personnel a lot in this game. They kind of Dan Orvlowski did a really good breakdown on it. They line up in heavy and then spread them out and then it would tip the coverage. Right. And Mahomes would just work off that. So they're, they're using their heavy personnel to tip the defensive coverage and the bills didn't really adjust. Um, and the, you know, you have to play certain ways against him. You can't play a ton of zone cause he picks it apart. Um, and if you can't get consistent pressure on Mahomes, he picks you apart. So it is one of those things where he's so good that he can make these mediocre wide receivers. It's, it's a lot like what Brady did for years. You know, mm -hmm. he obviously had his pockets of really good receivers, but you know, he had his Troy Browns mm -hmm. and his, uh, who was that bit one Ed? Anyway, he, he just had some shitty receivers throughout the year that always looked better with him, right? Yeah. And so that's really what it is, and them kind of just sticking to their identity. And Travis Kelsey just looks a lot better, but the underrated piece of that offense is they got a run game, and that was the thing that they never had for years. Pacheco came in last year, and they were like, okay, this kid has some juice. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was a bit of a bust, and now they're kind of leaning on that run game when they get stuck in the mud, and Pacheco, again, is running like a toddler and or a adult on cocaine. I'm not sure which one. Um, that'll be the post-game analysis, which one we decide he looks like. Yeah, I can't wait for Roe to introduce himself. Tyler says, no lie. I wanted the Bills licked back in blood. Yeah. I I, he's not over it, Jimbo. He's not over that playoff loss still. Yeah. No, I get it, Tyler, for sure. But I – so Glenn and I had the awesome opportunity to be at the bank when they beat the Chiefs last. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. And I the thing that I – the reason I wanted the Chiefs, Tyler, is let me explain this to you. Everything from a from a Chiefs fan is like an expectation – or is a, is not a surprise. It's an expectation. They make a big play down the field. Mahomes does something spectacular, and they're like cheering like they're at a golf match. And it's like, dude, can you stop and like root for your team like a normal human, please? Like, can you take your shirt off and scream like Cole? Like, yeah, like, like do something, right? Don't just be. 
oh, that was a good play, right? Like, and then to <laughs> see the Ravens fans going absolutely nuts and to see Mahomes' brother throw water on people, uh, that was just so great, right? Like, I want more of that energy. Come in here expecting to win. Mm-hmm. You know, bring your entitled bougie self into the bank and go home disappointed, right? Like, you're going to get punched in the mouth. Like Glenn said, mm-hmm. I can't wait for Roe to introduce himself. Pacheco can run as hard as he wants to, but I think that Roquan Smith has made a lot of money out of eating guys like Isaiah Pacheco for lunch. Mm-hmm. Listen, here's what I'll say to you guys, and I said it last week. Win the trenches, protect the football, win playoff football games. Yeah, man. What they would they do last week? Or last they week? Did all that. They did, they did all, all that. that, and they won. So I mean, this is going to start. Um, you just said punch them in the mouth. Yeah, that's man. the way they need to go into this game. Go in and punch these assholes in the mouth. Make Patrick <laughs> Mahomes cry. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I want nothing but tears from anybody supporting the Chiefs on Sunday. Yes. That that is how they will win this football game. Oh, trust um, me. The, in, into their fan base, it's the whole complaining thing has you know it's it's gone from Mahomes. It's had this ripple effect into like everything is an excuse. It's always the ref's fault, and it's always somebody else's fault. It's never mm-hmm. your team just got beat. Yeah, that's what's gonna happen on Sunday, dude. <laughs> that ass. That's right. uh, Tyler goes on to say, he lo- I love Isaiah so much. No shot this Sunday. I'm not sure what this no shot this Sunday means, but uh, Cole, how smooth, like, like I played in football in the backyard. You always tried to make the catch look prettier for the quarterback. Like I'd slow up a little bit and, and reach out the arms and, and just try and make the throw look perfect. Let like slow up, let it drop right in the bucket. When he caught that ball, he did it in such a smooth, athletic. Like I just imagine, Mark would have caught it. Mark would have probably caught it and fell down, and and he'd have hung on to it. But the way he just pirouetted through the air and caught and landed so softly, like what kind of athlete is this guy, Cole? He's just playing at another level. Uh, he's really upped his game. Like, and I mean, I don't know what you're talking about because no one ever threw me the ball because I'm an offensive lineman. So they'd be like, "Yeah, Cole, you go run a nine route and just you know." I get tired and have to sub out after one rep. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, it, and I mean, there's been a lot of discussions about how do you manage this situation with Mark coming back because yeah. like, he's playing so well. And, uh, you know, all I'll say, and it goes with Marlon Humphrey and Ronald Darby, right? Give these coordinators who have shown throughout the year that they know how to use their different weapons, give yeah. them as many things in their toolbox as possible and let them deploy them. Simple as that. It yep. doesn't mean that we shouldn't see likely. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't see any mark. Deploy them as you need to. Simple as that. And that's just where I'm going to leave the discussion. It goes with Marlon Humphrey too, because you can play Marlon Humphrey in the slot, which means you can put Kyle Hamilton back in the back. And here's an interesting thought for you guys. If they're running a base defense and they want to use a 4-3 type approach to stop the run, they could put Marlon Humphrey out there as kind of a pseudo safety in the slot. And then they can move Kyle Hamilton into like a pseudo linebacker and the amount of flex play you get. And then you still have Williams and Geno stone. That's what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Just different ways to organize your personnel. If you're worried about, uh, you know, being too heavy, you can play Hamilton as sort of a pseudo linebacker mm-hmm. and then put Marlon Humphrey as a slot corner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the different ways you can organize your defense to give yourself the matchups. That's why having players back is such a value add. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love this from Don C. Is Cole looking more forward to critiquing Ronnie's ass or seeing a shirtless Jason Kelsey in a luxury box? I won't lie. Jason Kelsey got me pretty fired. <laughs> and I, it's, it's, it's purely because the documentary, and I mean, you guys have kids too, but like when he could like barely get down to see his kids and like, I was like, how much more could I ever relate with an NFL player? Right? Like it's just um, granted my injuries are just cheeseburger induced, but uh, we don't have to go into that. But uh, you know, I just, I, I couldn't get over just how much they humanized him in that. I just, I love the guy. He's uh, yeah. been one of my favorite players to watch. Um, someone that I truly have admired, especially watching Linderbaum because of the relation um, in the two skill sets. Uh, so it's just, you know, I'm super happy for the guy, but fuck him on Sunday too. That's right. <laughs> Straight up, I've watched zero minutes of the documentary. Oh, seriously? It's good. Uh, no, I, I don't watch it now because it, you yeah. Know, Wait till the off season. Yeah. You hate yeah. Him. All right, or, you, or maybe next week him. when you feel bad for them because they're going home. I will feel zero mercy for them. 
Uh, Dotsy goes on to say, what's up, guys? We only have one troll in the chat. Casey Le Legend. White Wolf, I'm formally inviting him back immediately <laughs> following the game right here. Yeah, this is uh, surprising. I'm sure we'll see more on Friday, but uh, not a lot of trolls this week so far. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait. We got silenced last week. Silenced. Dude, it was so bad. I mean, and like I said, White Wolf, meet me inside the bank. I'm we'll about be there. <laughs> we'll be there. That's right. Hey, I don't listen. have liquid courage. In I'm going to get my so. ass kicked in Baltimore this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and last one, Asmodeus is asking, are you guys going to be more around tailgate? Also, McChickens. I will be there. I don't know what, what these two lovely gentlemen are doing, but I'm going to be there jumping on a, on the stream with Bobby Trossett for um, at least a segment. Uh, but yeah, I will be in Baltimore this weekend. I'll be at the game uh, doing all the tailgate festivities. So anybody that's out there going around, I'm the little chubby 5'8 Canadian looking to meet all you guys. And I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, speaking of Friday, Nicole, before we let you go, uh, yeah. you already know about it. Speaking of Friday, we uh, have something pretty awesome coming up for you guys. We're going to be doing a live in-person show at the one, the only uh, Ellie's Tavern uh, in, in Canton here in the city. Uh, you can see the address on the screen. The really cool thing is we were able to nab guest and playoff legend and hero himself, Shoot. the one, the only, jacoby jones whoa let's so, go that's right jacoby's gonna be hanging out with us riding with us for the whole time 6 30 to 8 p.m that's right you heard it here jacoby jones is gonna be rocking with us on friday night come down hang out uh make sure you follow us on social media so you can get all the updates and things like that that's all there mm -hmm. but but hey, i got quick about jacoby that's the greatest play in the history of the franchise right the mile high miracle i'd I mean, say it, so it has to be it's gotta be and 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 the second part I mean, there's a ton of guys in the history of the Ravens that have been here for a very short period of time, but made a massive impact. I think about like Rod Woodson, Shannon Sharp, Anquan Bolden. But I mean, Jacoby Jones, the highlight reel he put together in his brief stay here with the, the kick returns. I mean, it, you'd be hard pressed to find someone make, making more of an impact in such a short period of time. Would you guys agree? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the guy was ever, and and I'm gonna tell him he should have won MVP of the Super Bowl. I'm gonna tell him oh, he was sure. the MVP. I said it then, and I'll, I'll I've said it every day. Over since. Joseph, yeah, kick return touchdown and oh. a bomb catch touchdown. He had two huge touchdowns. I agree with this 100. Oh, I don't know. How else? Can, look, you can't always give it to the quarterback. Cole. In, in NFL history in a Super Bowl game, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I yeah. know, but Flacco had like the best. Super Bowl run of any quarterback ever. That game. That this game. wasn't playoff MVP, That's Cole. Right. Super Bowl <laughs> MVP. Yeah, okay? because the same reason why, what's his, uh, shoot. I mean, there's guys that, um, oh, Malcolm Butler. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Like, yeah, that no, no, that's a fair, that's a fair point. I didn't think about that. You know, you know? yeah. I mean, the, t the kick return to start the second half and then the bomb where he falls. Let's down. save that for the Super Bowl preview <laughs> show that we do. I like, it. I like it. I like it. But I mean, I can't. I, I'm so hyped that he's going to be out there. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to get his take on this team and and uh, you know where they're headed. This but news yeah, is so exciting up. that I'm trying to get down there Friday to be able to attend in person. So make sure everybody out there get there. It's going to be a blast. It'd be so much fun with those guys. So get That's in right. there. Cole, bring yeah. your passport. Don C, I better see you out there. I just you checked it didn't expire, one. so we're good. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, I better see Don C out there because he was out there for our last one, and it was an absolute blast. Now You will not find someone more supportive on Ravens YouTube than Don C. He's everywhere, always bringing the love. Appreciate it, my brother. Yeah, he's yeah. just as big a legend as anybody else out here. I love to see it. Uh, and, Cole, before I before – I, uh, my last question is really about the injuries heading oh, yeah. this game because Marlon Humphrey, there's a lot of questions about whether he can go. And now on the other side, there's a ton of questions about Joe Thune and what he's dealing with with the pack. He'll play. Injury. I don't care what anyone says. He'll play. Just because he's an offensive lineman? Is that you'd, you'd have to cut his titty off to keep him <laughs> off. Um, listen, listen, those, those, those torn pecs are bad, but Morgan Mose has been playing with either a torn peck or a – torn labrum there's been i've heard two different things on that and i'm really curious i mean he's been playing with the torn something he, joe joe tooney will play in this game i will bet i won't say this because you guys could actually call me on it because you're gonna see me this weekend i will bet you a beer on it <laughs> i'll bet okay. you a beer on it okay. joe tooney will play no, i bet I, he i bet he doesn't practice though i bet he doesn't practice well, I, once and then i bet he plays 
Well, how much does a peck injury affect an offensive lineman? It's going to be fucking painful. Um, yeah. It's going to hurt yeah. all game. He's got to deal with Matabike, how do you Travis think, Jones. How do you think Morgan Moses has felt for the last eight weeks? That dude, the, the I just I wish it was more public because I don't think people realize how much that hurts. Anytime his arms are going above shoulder height, he is feeling nothing but shooting pains. And he just toughs it out every game. And it doesn't even look like he's hurt. Tough motherfucker, man. I have so much respect for those guys. Yeah. So Dooney's playing. What about Marlon? And how big of a loss is it if he isn't out there? It sounds like Marlon's playing. I think Marlon and Mark both play. I just think they're going to play limited, specific scheme package roles. Um, You saw, I mean, this isn't an insider. He tweeted it. Jack Settleman that does the... does the show uh does the punchline pod with marlon mm-hmm. he tweeted they're both coming back last week so i mean i feel pretty i don't think he might have been just kind of goofing around on twitter but it didn't read like that and nobody kind of responded like that so i'm pretty sure they're gonna play let's go the chat is saying that Schefter confirmed that tooney's not playing is that correct there's no way it got confirmed this early they wouldn't they wouldn't have tipped yeah, what, that he wasn't what playing advantage this early. would that be for them to let that cat out of the bag uh Man, let me see here. I'm pulling up old Shefty right here to see. I think he confirmed that it was a pec injury. I don't think they ever said anything about his game status. Okay, so yeah, we'll still have to wait and see. Um, but if he doesn't, I will. I did write that down, and I will. I will request my beer. I just gotta let you know. No, I've, I've, I will buy you. Uh, see, someone just said ja- uh, Jacks. Someone said that he is unlikely. I could see that. They're going to say he's unlikely, and I bet yeah. he doesn't practice, and I bet he's active on game day. I will bet <laughs> I'm putting beers on the table for it. I feel this strongly that that man is not missing this football game. Yeah. If, okay. if he misses, I also want a follow up conversation about the uh, his, his contract in the guaranteed money that, like, he he's in good standing if he misses this game, is what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure that that contract with Tooney was oh, really nice. Goodness. He still had no pressures allowed last week. Is He's that correct? Absolutely shut down Ed Oliver. He completely yeah, yeah. like the guy is it's if he doesn't play, which he I still think he will, yeah. um, but if he doesn't play, massive advantage. But I mean, Creed and Trey Smith are good too, but Tooney's an all pro top three at his position type guy like he's up there with the quentin nelsons of the world right and so the like, kevin zeitlers and, and the kevin zeitlers kz baby that's right yeah My guy. <laughs> it yeah. is your guy uh yeah i appreciate you got uh, you joining us and giving us so much of your time uh before we let you get any early predictions for us or is it beers for someone just said beers for everyone on cole okay. yeah i'm gonna be broke after coming down there but i'm telling hopefully, you hopefully the um the, the <laughs> don't come find me <laughs> hopefully the exchange rate is favorable cole <laughs> it isn't no, someone, i was looking someone was like it's yes yeah, like, they're like you guys someone who told me someone's like yeah tickets are going for like 400 bucks i was like that's like fucking three grand canadian like <laughs> screwed oh, oh, no. Oh, no. yeah well so uh w- w- hold on what did i ask i don't even remember what i asked. oh any early predictions oh yeah early predictions <laughs> Glenn's trying to remember I, I was on for, uh for the flock last night and i gave a prediction and a, a lot of people thought it was crazy i think i said 27 17 ravens and everyone thought i was nuts but i i don't know why i feel weirdly confident about this game and if you guys remember last week I said very clearly I was very confident in that game. Mm-hmm. And they went uh, they went out and, and balled. So 27-17, I think the Ravens, I think it's their year. I think everything's lining up. And here's my, my whole take on the team. The first half of that football game against the Texans felt just like the previous playoff appearances. It felt like even the victory against the Titans in 2020, that game was not a good game. We did not play well. Right. And it just felt like we've been constantly limping. I'm sitting there at halftime and I'm like, it's the same thing. Like we're entering Cowboys territory if we lose this game. And, uh, and that's a, that's a horrible feeling. That's a fate I wouldn't wish on anyone um, to feel like a Cowboys fan. Um, but now that they got the monkey off their back, that the, the, it just felt like they returned to that domination that you saw all year. And it just feels different now. That's all I'll say. Love it. 
Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Cole. Let us know if you're going to be down here early. Um, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you give Cole a follow, of course, on Twitter and check him out on Road Graders on YouTube. Uh, thank you so much, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Victory. Kaka! Peace out, boys. I love yeah. it. I appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate I thought you were about to sign out, Glenn. I was like, wait, no. No, no. no. Now, you, I think you did that once where it was like, all right, see ya. Boom. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess we're ending the show. Um, um let me see here. Let's get a let's get a couple of these. I I, I think what's your take gonna, on this? He was just waiting for Cole to hop out and then he Oh, gonna, oh yeah, okay, well, got I got I got the party started uh yeah, here yeah. with the deep. Each of you, who's a better dancer? You or John Harbaugh? I think I could take John Harbaugh. He's not a good dancer. You know what? I here's here's the thing about John, and I love it. When some people I I envy and admire those who dance like no one's watching, who don't care if they're good or bad. Because in reality, we aren't looking and laughing at that person as we're sitting on the seats. We're going, yep. man, I wouldn't be out there doing what that person's doing, yep. but I'm too shy and I care too much about what others think about me to get out there. So I John's a better dancer than me because I don't have the balls, certainly not sober. Now he may have been high on the euphoria of the of the of playoff win. However, I'm gonna need a lot of liquid courage to get my ass out there and make a fool of myself. So I'm gonna give it to John on this one. Fair enough, dude. I don't know what happened to me if after my son was born. I literally stopped even like I never really cared what people thought about me because I've been through a lot of awkward experiences in my life. But um yeah, I just don't care. Like, I, I would have definitely been too shy to do that. But now, dude, I will i don't care. Let's You're out it. there? Oh, yeah, I'm man. I'm hold you to that this Friday at Ellie's. Um, dude, I'll dance. Uh, <laughs> my wife will be embarrassed. That's not my husband. But, hey, like, look, yeah. it's what it is. Yeah, no, I, I'm a horrible dancer. Um, Actually, you know what? I think I might not be bad, but I'm too, just – I'm a punk. Right. I'm too scared to, to really let loose and uh, and see what I got. So all right, let's go. Let's, uh, DK, you're sleeping. You're sleeping at the wheel, dude. Sleep at the wheel, DK. <laughs> he, went, he woke up like this, and only one eye was open uh, just now, and he had a <laughs> shot glass in the left hand. Um, Mossy <laughs> says, "Agree." Casey faves due to Mahomes and experience. Well, look, we can't ignore the fact that uh, they, he's thirteen and three. He's a multiple Super uh, Super Bowl champion. The experience is clearly on their side. And we're going to yeah. get more into this matchup, certainly on Friday at our live show. But Jimbo, the question is, how much does that experience give them an advantage? Like when you, yeah. when you look at what we have coming into this game against what they have. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about that. And I don't want to like reveal too much of it. But I, you talk about Mahomes' experience, but also really the matchup to me in my mind is you think of Andy Reid versus Mike McDonald. Now, I know, obviously, it's more than just 1v1 in these scenarios. Obviously, yeah. the players go out there and play. Uh, but And there's, you know, you have entire coaching staff behind you as well kind of drawing the strategy up. But I get it. There's a lot of experience there. And, and uh, you know, there's. I'm wondering if there's going to be a player, too, where it's Mike gets okey-doked. Maybe. Yeah. M maybe not, you know. Um, and on defense, they got Steve Spagnola, who's been around. Yeah, no spring chicken. But Munkin is like, at least in my mind, Munkin is an older guy while he's bounced in and out of the NFL. I feel like he's yeah. just based on age and experience. He's seen more than Mike. Yeah, for but like sure. Mike is he's so younger young. than me, Mike. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So um, anyway, that's the matchup that comes to my mind when you talk about the experience. And obviously Mahomes mm -hmm. and things like that. But there's one, there's one thing that Mahomes is lacking experience in. What's that? Playing an AFC championship game in the bank. That's right. That's <laughs> right. What, it, it's going to be an absolute once in a lifetime. Well, maybe hopefully more than once in a lifetime, but a new experience for everyone there. Right. Um, so uh, Mark Robbins says flying in from AZ. Also nice. Flying in from Arizona, bringing the weather with you. Ravens, the hashtag okay. Ravens nation. Mark, I think it's going to be in the fifties, right? Glenn, something like that. On I got to be honest, Jimbo, the, the, the weather's taking a bit of a turn. Is it? Oh, it's going to be rainy, right? Uh, last I saw, forty-five, yeah. rainy yeah. and uh, and windy. And look, Jimbo said it uh, a while ago. We're gonna know. We're gonna know before anyone if it rains. And I didn't Dude. exactly take the time to look at the map to know just how correct you are. There oh. is literally not a single soul in the city of Baltimore that will yeah. know it's raining yeah. before me and Jimmy know. And yeah. DK, and DK, yeah. and well, you'll know before me. Hat, he's gonna know first. You'll he's know before you. me, Glenn. Yeah, I will. I'll know. I'll know about uh, almost a foot before Jimmy will know. Uh, is what I'll know. But yeah, you're you're so right. It, you you we're at the top. 
I didn't even honestly look. We are at the top, Jimbo. <laughs> but we're in the building, baby. Hey, dude, that's all I care about. And that, I tell, let me tell you what, that row is going to be rocking. It's going to be lit. Oh, I cannot. Yes, sir. Uh, we're excited to see it. Mark, uh, hit us up if you're, in, you know, if you're looking to meet up, whatever. Yeah, if you're all the way at the top, hit us up. That's where we'll be. Just come see us. You got to come on up the hill. That's huh? right. Bring your cardio with you. Uh, <laughs> he says, no crap. My, no, sh my birthday is on January 26th. I didn't notice the chandelier at the last meet and great, but I'm thirsty boys. Don C come on down on your birthday. Mm -hmm. We'll be here to get you a piece of cake. And a and a and a and a alcoholic yeah. beverage on us, my friend. That's right. That's right. Come on That's down. The least we Don. could do. We'd yeah. love to see you out there. It's gonna be crowded, Don. So get there early. That's Everybody, right. get there early. Ellie's Tavern. You can. I find think it might end up media. being standing room only, potentially. It's gonna be packed, but I mean, you get a chance to meet the one and only Super Bowl hero, Baltimore legend. Mm. I know he don't have to buy a beer in Baltimore. Jacoby no. Jones will be out mm -hmm. there. Uh, I can't wait to get his take. It's going to be so much fun to talk to him, talking to another great wide receiver here in Baltimore. We we got to get his opinion on Zay Flowers because the last receiver we had on our show, uh, you know, was ho holding Charlie Kohler a bit of a higher standard uh, or higher regard. So, uh, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> no, nah, we kid. We kid, Kadri. We kid. Asmodeus says 45 to 3. Ravens. Could you imagine? What would that do to the sports world if the Ravens put that kind of beat down on Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid? I think it would be really difficult for the media to come up with stuff to talk about the next day. What do you what do you say? Hey, they got their butt whooped. Yeah. <laughs> like is it time I guess the question would be is it time for Andy to retire, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, it might be. I mean, it would certainly be heads would I mean, it would they would probably blame it on Matt Nagy, I would guess. <laughs> He'd be the easy True. scapegoat. Just blame it on Nagy and get him out yeah. of there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't got a lot of trust in the guy. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that he's, he's contributing to their play call. Appreciate the generosity as always. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, this is going to be such an exciting weekend. We've been waiting 50 some years to have mm -hmm. this in Baltimore. I know my father who will also be in the building is, I mean, he, he's been waiting a long time, Jimbo. I mean, 1971 was it 1970 71 that's a long dag on time ago jimbo i mean mm -hmm. the fact so when you call this a once in a lifetime let's hope it's not but right 50 some years that's a lifetime in my book yeah absolutely now i do want to wrap up the show uh with two things i want to put the information up on the screen again uh regarding uh, ellie's on friday and our live event but also dk we want to uh give our we our divisional round uh winner for uh, our over-under competition. Can you throw that up for us, DK? Thank you. Uh, let's see. Visibleend? Vi sure. Vi oh, wait, wait. DK says it's... Visible end? Visible end. Oh, visible end. Wow. Of course it is. Because when you read it like a normal person, that's hey, what look. it says. But I'm hey, not look. that bright. So I I, I saw visible end. Bleaned. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm not alone. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Yeah. Um, well, well, I wasn't look. calling you that, but I am. But seriously, guys, I got to get chats. Four times? Four out of four, DK? Oh, he got four out of four. I got – how many did I get out of four? One. Did I get one? I thought I got You got zero. one. And then DK and I only got two. Uh, Yeah, shout out, man. Mm. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, Congrats. Yeah. Oh, for four. So we'll be sending you a sweater, my friend. Make sure you're sending your address and yeah. your shirt size via any social media platform you see on the screen, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter um make sure to do that and then the other thing too somebody asked i pardon any potential confusion D dk i'm gonna put this up on the screen real quick if that is okay with you my friend let's see here hey look it looks like he's in the chat he just has a different name in the chat okay cool yeah yeah uh, just, just get at us and, and yes yeah, damn shout out so the uh, way you do it is you just message us on any of the uh social medias just send us your yep. shirt size and your address and you will get a sweatshirt or sweater sweatshirt, sweater yeah, sweater, yeah. Aren't that. they the same thing? What's the difference between a sweatshirt and a sweater? I think material. All right. Isn't like is a it? sweatshirt more like sweatpant type material? That's what it is. Okay. So that's a sweatshirt. Okay. A sweater sweatshirt. is like, you know, that, you know, like your Raven sweater. It's just the material. Okay. Sweater. Fair enough. So it's a sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Fair enough. Yeah. It's a sweater. Sweat, sweatshirt. Whoa. Sweatshirt. I'm going to get this right. Um, I'm not sure what this goofball is doing in the chat. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, 
I just want to say one more time, don't forget, guys, coming to South Analyst. And just to for the sake of any potential confusion, we will also be streaming live. Yeah. Because DK is going to have to figure all of that out completely on his own and then get it all worked out. We'll just bring the equipment because we're a bunch of country bumpkins and DK is going to have to figure it out. Hey, but, we got um, backup, though. We got Dr. Uncle Bob in the building to help yeah, out, yeah. too. Absolutely. No, DK, and obviously we'll do everything we can. But just wanted to let you guys know that we will be there at Ellie's. Come hang out with us. Come uh, hang out with Jacoby Jones, more importantly. Uh, but uh, I think that's it for us tonight, folks. Uh, and, and oh, and by the way, that that uh, competition was, of course, always and always oh, yes. brought to you by BetUS. The OGs Ooh. in sports betting who will not only match your initial deposit, they'll give you an extra 25%. On top of that, so 125% of your first deposit will be matched up to $2,500. And all you got to do to get that, because don't just sign up and not use this promo code, because yeah. you're not going to get free money. Use promo code 410. It gets you your free money and it lets people know that you heard about them from us, which is an easy way to help us out. So check out BetUS. Certainly put some dollars on the Ravens this weekend, because I tell you what, Jimbo, I take the over on Justice Hill. Mm-hmm. I've taken any time touchdown from Gus Edwards and I'm taking Isaiah likely as another one. Uh, I don't know what his over under is, but take the over. Cause that yeah. dude's an absolute freak of nature. They were trying to attack the middle field. I saw Kincaid was the leading pass catcher for the bills last week. Uh, so huh, might, might be a good idea to take, to take. And, uh, and the number might be funky because of the, ca- you know, the calculation of Mark coming back. So you might be able to right. catch it on kind of like a, a good yep. spot. Yep, yep, yep. So don't forget, use BetUS, promo code 410. Yep, and we'll be back Friday. That's it tonight. That's it. We'll Ah! see you on Friday. Be here, be square. Ah! Ah! See ya. See ya.